And here we go to a Commissioner Evaluation Podcast. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Commissioner Evaluation Podcast. This is me just doing what I love to do and talking to some awesome fantasy football players, people, you know, who I found on the Twitter machine who interact with me and uh, have a good time with me on Twitter. Today, we're talking to Bob Gilchrist about Bob, some current events, some NFL rumors, some commissioner questions, some of the settings he prefers and leagues that he plays in, some players he likes late. And as usual, we'll evaluate a team to see what we'd recommend uh, to either rebuild or remodel uh, a roster that one of our listeners sent in and uh, how we would do it. I hope uh, you and everyone had a great Father's Day weekend. I had to work all weekend long, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., so uh, I've got nothing but a great golf outing last Friday to share with everyone, but that's that's all I could bring to the table. So how about you? I had a great um, Father's Day. We uh, we actually were in uh, New York, and we went to Legoland, uh, brought the kids, and uh, we spent the whole weekend there. And then uh, driving back was a little rough. It took like six hours, and uh, we got home about midnight. Where are you from? Where are you at? What I'm in, I'm in just north of Boston. Oh, okay. Boston's awesome. I've been all up and down the whole East Coast. That's I, I love. I've been there for weddings, for lacrosse tournaments, for all kind of stuff. So it's uh, East Coast is great. Yeah, it's beautiful. But um, so first of all, tell me about yourself and where the Twitter machine can find you, and what you do in the fantasy football world that makes everyone want to follow you. Well, I'm Bob Gilchrist FF. Um, on Twitter, and uh, you know, I started out doing a little graphics, then started to get into a little uh, podcasting, and then uh, jumping on a few live streams. Um, I mean, I have mediocre football takes, but I have very solid barbecue takes. So a lot of people follow me for the barbecue over the football takes. <laughs> I'm a, uh, I like to eat just as much. I like to play fantasy football, so that's uh, that's fantastic. How is your rookie draft season going? Uh, who do you find yourself having the most shares of and uh, who are you trading up to acquire? So, I mean, a lot of a lot of my uh, rookie drafts, I've had late picks or I've traded away all my early picks to make runs. So um, my highest uh, my highest percentage of players is um, it's uh, Davis Mills and uh, Ramon Stevenson. Yeah. Ramon Dre. So I heard a little bit in the pregame about why you like Davis Mills so much. Can you uh, tell yeah, me about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm a little, uh, I'm a little invested in Deshaun Watson, so I was trying to cover my bases by uh, just in case, because I don't, you know, Tyrod could could get poked by another needle. Any anything could happen to him. So <laughs> it could be Davis Mills season. Yeah, that's all it takes. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen with Watson. I mean, it's been really quiet, which is kind of scary. Um, I- I've heard on all the podcasts uh, from everybody talking that now that there's legal implications involved instead of just accusations um, for um, as far as monetary settlements are concerned, that it's going to have to be a legal process. There's no more chance of a settlement anymore. Um, as far as I can, as far as I've heard anyway, I'm not a legal guy, but that's what I've heard. And right. I've heard that his first deposition is until February after the Super Bowl. So um, that's not good. So it's whether they suspend him, um, put him on the commissioner's list, or uh, they let him play. That's that's kind of those are the two options, really. 
Yeah. So what do you know? Tell me about this Ramadre Stevenson. Uh, why, what makes you um, have so many shares of him? Because uh, the Patriots backfield is, as everybody knows, it's a uh, merry-go-round of nightmares every year. So every game, you know, every season, every game anyway. So tell me about why you're, why you're uh, interested in him so much. So one of the reasons um, I do like that is I'm not sold on Sonny Michelle being available you know, for the whole season, his knees are, are shot. Um, they let go of Burkhead. Uh, Damian Harris should be the lead back there, but, uh, and James White also coming out of the backfield. Um, but you can always take a shot on a Patriots running back, especially in the fourth round. Uh, I mean, he's dropping late third, early fourth in uh, rookie drafts. And he's, he's going relatively inexpensive, inexpensive in auction drafts as well. Um, I think I got him for like two dollars in a couple of them. Um, so I mean, I'm not I'm not opposed to just throwing a couple of bucks at any running back. You know, I mean, I hit last year on James Robinson in pigs three by just throwing a dollar on him in the draft, and I I had him before the before the season. So it's always good to just pick a couple of running backs, throw a couple bucks on them, and just grab them during the auction. Yeah, J.J. Taylor even had some buzz last year before he drafted Stevenson. And Stevenson is a big dude. He can do what Damian Harris does. He can do what Tony Michelle does. And he can do what James White does. He's very good out of the backfield catching passes. So I can see this as a situation where they're, they're, you know, like the Patriots do every year. They draft some running back in the fourth round or the fifth round or the third, you know, late third. And they just, it's piggy bump up. You know, everybody has their own little, their niche. And there's a running, but there's a receiving back. There's a, there's a, a goal line back. There's a between the tackles early down back. But Stevenson is kind of weird where he seems like someone who could do all three of those things. And they've never really had a guy that is more, I'm not going to say never, but they, they on the team right now, they don't have a, a person. Yeah. There's not, there, there's this guy that can do them all. So I could see Stevenson really kind of possibly bumping Damian Harris out of the, you know, early down back role and then staying on the field and taking some catch away from Sony Michelle. So I love Stevenson. That's a, you're, you're doing great by picking him up in my eyes. Um. <laughs> What's your favorite part of this whole online experience for you? Do you do DFS, best ball, dynasty leagues, podcasting, writing, something else? What do you like the favorite? What's your favorite thing about the fantasy football community? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the interaction with the community. That, that's the that's my favorite thing. Uh, you know, everyone, you, you get to know everyone. You, you can talk with everyone. I mean, nobody, nobody big times you. You know, you get, you, you can interact and put your takes out there and you can have a nice discussion. I mean, Sometimes they get heated uh, on there, and that's kind of when I kind of just bow out. I'm like, all right, I'm I'm not really gonna get into a heated discussion. I'm I'm interested in a, a you know a political discussion over it, but uh, not getting heated over it. Yeah, I'm. Uh, it's it's one of those things, you know. I, everybody has an opinion, and it's all we have is opinions. Nobody's got like solid facts that this is going to happen every game. We all think what's going to happen. It's like playing a stock market. You know, we're, we're taking our best guess. We're doing our most homework we can to make the most educated guess we could possibly think of. And that's why we're so passionate about it. Cause we put the time we invest, you know, we invest our time. We invest all of our, you know, all of our resources to come up with the best possible guess. And yeah, some people are on here and they get kind of rude once in a while about, you know, oh, this guy said that, or he said this, or, you know, it's all opinions, and it's all, you weed yourself away from the people who know everything, you know, and that, that's fine. They can go know, know everything somewhere else. You know, the rest of us is just kind of are passive about it and understand it's just a game that we'll, we're going to have fun together. So it's, uh, right. it's, a great, it's a great way to look at it. Um, let's see. We have 
What's your favorite Sunday afternoon morning munching food when you're glued to the TV watching Scott Hansen on Red Zone? Oh, when you sent this question over to me, I I, I was I was thinking about firing up the barbecue. Uh, <laughs> because what I like to do is uh, get a nice big brisket, put it on Saturday morning, have mm-hmm. brisket that evening, take the brisket leftovers, turn it into brisket nachos oh. for Sunday afternoon. And, I mean, it's absolutely uh, amazing. You know, loaded with cheese, sour cream, guacamole, um, get the jalapenos, the uh, southwestern corn salsa. Uh, you, you just go soup to nuts. That's you know that's awesome. I don't like jalapenos. This may sound weird. I love um, relish jardinier, very hot relish jardinier. Because I don't like chewing on. I don't like the texture of the peppers. So really? I love I love spicy food. I go to Hooters. I get the, the you know the hottest wings they have. I go to you know the other places and I get the you know the real hot stuff, the hot hamburger, the hot whatever. But I just like more like the juice and like I get the hot jardinier and I'll just take the the, the, the syrup or the juice, whatever you call it, you know, on, and dump that on stuff, you know, instead of eating the actual pickles or peppers, whatever they are that's in there. I so spicy is good, but the texture is not. But everything else that you have in that. Awesome concoction. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. That's a great Sunday afternoon. Absolutely. I, lo- I love it. Uh, I'm curious, what's yours? <laughs> it depends on where we're going because I, I'm more of – I run a neighborhood fantasy football league, and I, and I run I, – I don't do anything but home leagues. I uh, So I'm in uh, – this year I'm going to only be in six home dynasty leagues. I don't do redraft anymore, so I dropped a bunch of leagues. But I've been the commissioner up, to, up until a year and a half ago. And then the league started folding or guys started being bickering. And up until I ran 13 home leagues with, uh, you know, a couple guys sprinkled in there, you know, everything. So I'm always at a bar in Chicago. I'm always at a bar in Plainfield. I'm always at a bar in, you know, somewhere with somebody. Uh, when I'm in the garage, it's usually just pizza. We'll order something, you know, easy, not too much. I don't want to be, be baking too much or cooking too much, whatever. But it's a lot of the bars around here have it's dollar bottles half price appetizers and six dollar 18 inch pizzas on, on Sunday afternoon. So I mean how do you beat that? Yeah, I, yeah I, I could bring 30 bucks of me and in order fried mushrooms and potato skins and then uh you know split a pizza with you know well maybe eat my own 18 inch pizza but you know <laughs> and then dollar bottles and shots of Jameson for two dollars. I mean how do you beat it? It's uh it's awesome. We go there we'll go to Hooters or we'll go to some other place like that that's got awesome food or you know McBride's by us had there's a place by called McBride's. My buddy Brent owns it. It's got a moon oink burger. So it's a double third pound burger. Well, it's, it comes with a third pound burger, but I make it a double burger. So it's a double third pound burger on this big awesome roll and it's got pulled pork, you know, and barbecue sauce on top of there with those uh fancy onion rings like the string onion rings that are on there too with barbecue sauce and everything on lettuce, you tomatoes, the whole deal. It's about it's probably about eight inches when you comes out on a plate and you get tater tots with a thing of uh cheese to dunk it on the side. I mean, it would, it would probably, it's enough to feed a small like Ethiopian village, but it's good for me for about a half hour, 20 minutes to keep me busy until uh, the next meal. But it's, uh, it's one of my favorite things to do as far as that goes. Yeah. I mean, your, your kids are a little bit older, right? Uh, my, my, yeah. mine are a two and five. So uh, <sighs> I, I, I can't get out of the house right now. Yeah, no, I, my, my kids, they have, my older guy doesn't drink at all. He just doesn't, he just doesn't like, you know, alcohol, whatever. And it's good for him. You know, it's, I'll drink for both of us, you know, (laughs) but so he'll drive and then I'll buy him food there. We're watching the games and he'll take off and then I'll just Uber at home or the wife will pick me up, whatever, you know, whoever's last man standing, one of the wives will come pick us up, you know, and that's an Uber is like. $2,000 
$3.84 from the bar, you know? So it's like, why wouldn't I just Uber? It doesn't make any sense to get in the car and drive up to you and drinking since, especially we go out at 1130, good, good seats at the bar. And then we're like, all right, we'll go home, watch the first two games. And then go back to your garage and watch the seven o'clock game. And uh, so we'll go out to the noon games, three o'clock. We'll, you know, get ready for the second games, maybe get better seats. Nobody left for the, from the bears game. And then, uh, that 45 minute stretch is really like, kind of like, what do we do? Should we call the wives, pick us up? Or if we're having a good time, we'll just stay at the bar. Next thing you know, it's 1130 at night. And we're like, Oh shit, the wives are probably sleeping. We're going to have to Uber at home tonight. So it's, uh, it's nice having my youngest is going to be 17 or I'm sorry. My youngest is going to be 16 in about seven days now. What's the date? Oh no. In about 15 days. So I got a 16, a 17, a 20. It's about to be 21 years old soon. And a 24, it's going to be 25 in about 20 days too. So. It's uh, I'm 40, 46, so the it's pretty nice to be out of the house or have all these kids almost out of the house by the time I'm under fifty. So, it's nice. Beautiful thing. Yes, but that's my uh, awesome. I, I I can't tell you one because I every day every Sunday it's something different. But as long as the red zone's on some TV at some bar somewhere, I'm in. So. <laughs> What uh, what grills and smokers do you have? Which ones do you want? Um, I've seen people with stuff like I, I've seen some guy had a metal um, file cabinet with like five drawers on an old school metal file cabinets, drawers on there that he had different racks with coals. I've seen people have five thousand dollar like green egg kind of green egg kind of like smokers. I mean, I've seen everything in between. These people make it like a science. What do you use as far as your smokers and your grills and everything? The, you said one of them. <laughs> The green egg. I have the I have the I have the XXL um, green egg, and uh, it's all I need. It's really because uh, I can do indirect heat, I can do direct heat, I can smoke, I can I can uh, do burgers, and you know if I were to put more than one barbecue out on the patio, I think my wife might say something about that. But if I just have the one that can do everything, it, everything's good. My one neighbor I, has a barbecue. He has a a fire pit. And he's got like a some kind of flimsy, almost like a duck vent, like for a duck. I mean, we're not like we actually live like just outside of Chicago, so it's not like we're living like some backwoods of you know Arkansas or something. You know, he just has this system that he uses. It goes out of this little like triangle fire pit. It goes up to the barbecue grill, which he caught a hole in there, and he smokes stuff that way out of his old barbecue grill that he turned into a smoker. It's the weirdest looking concoction, but he makes some yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's food, basically so. that's basically like having a side smoker. Um, yeah. They they have they use a I mean that's very popular um, down south is to have those side smokers um, I I've looked at them but you can't you can't get the direct heat if you wanted to make burgers it's just l- literally a smoker yeah my neighbor Joe has these he makes uh you know the the fish on the the cedar plank with the lemon on there and the, yeah. the um, all the oregano and whatever else you put on the the, the fish the salmon. He makes all kind of beef, and he's got the water on the side that he's soaking the wood in, and it's you know heating it up and smoking it. And he, it's like for him, he likes to stand by that smoker with a beer in his hand and just watch that thing cook for about six, seven, eight hours. And I'm like, man, I don't, I don't have the patience for that. I mean, even just cooking hamburgers for 15 minutes on the grill gets me like pissed off. As far as like, I don't know, I'm not, I, I don't know how people have the time or patience or energy to smoke stuff, but you know, good for you. I don't have the attention span, I guess, is really what, I, <laughs> what it comes down to. Uh, what's the best, what's your favorite recipe on the smoker or what's your favorite thing to smoke? The easiest, I guess that's kind of a two-part question because what's the easiest thing to smoke? What's your favorite thing to smoke? What's the, what's the, the thing that you smoke that comes out perfect all the time? 
three part uh, question. Well, the easiest is definitely pulled pork. Um, you just throw a shoulder on there. Um, you know, make sure it's set at two, two twenty five, two forty area, and uh, you know you can just spritzer it every once in a while. Then when it hits one sixty five, you tin it, and uh, you, sometimes I put it in a pan, and I'll, I'll put the apple juice and barbecue sauce on it, and just to add a little more moisture to it. Put it in a tin pan, cover it with tin foil, throw it back on until it gets up to about two o three. And it's like butter. The, the bone will just come right out. So that's one of the easiest. One of my favorites is uh, that I feel like I'm pretty good at is um, uh, short ribs. Um, beef short ribs. Because I just, I seem to always get a nice ring on it, nice bark. And um, they're not as easy because you have to spritz them a little more often. Um mm -hmm. Just to add a little moisture to them. Um, and one of my favorite recipes is for burnt ends. Um, mixing uh, Coca-Cola with um, uh, maple syrup, um, sugar, um, the barbecue, uh, any barbecue seasoning. Um, pretty much anyone would work. Um, and you tin it up that way when you go to cook the burnt ends. So tell me if this is bad or not. This is the way we make ribs, right? My wife puts them in one of those black like pot roast containers or pans and she puts it in the oven with a bunch of cans of Coke in there first, the ribs, and puts on like, you know, 350 or something like that for a couple hours and lets them really kind yeah. of soak in and then take them off there, put them on the grill and hit them with some sweet baby rays at the end to kind of uh, put some barbecue sauce on there. Yeah, it's the same thing. I mean, you just bra you're braising the meat. Um, I mean, it I would probably add a little bit other more things than just Coca-Cola, but yeah, she um, puts garlic and a bunch of, you know, a bunch of oh, yeah, extra okay. rubs it in there, but they're like pretty much sitting almost in Coca-Cola mixture almost for a while. But yeah, it breaks so down. It's just braising. It's just braising it and it's going to, it's just going to absorb it into the meat. It, it will add flavor too. Is that good to do or is that cheating? No, no. I mean, that's, that's a perfectly good way to do it. I mean, if you're not using a smoker and you don't want to sit there and um, spritzer it every uh, hour, then yeah, that, that's a perfectly good way to do it because the yeah. moisture stays inside. You're not losing any. That's the problem when you're, when you're smoking things, you're losing moisture sometimes. So that's why you have to um, basically have a spray bottle with apple cider vinegar, apple cider and Worcestershire sauce. And you just, spray it maybe a little hot sauce too if you like them hot mm -hmm. i love them hot and the ribs come out with that when you cook it the way I, my wife does you get the ribs and they're almost falling apart like when i'm flipping them over on the grill when i'm you know i'm getting yeah. them and then you just get them and they the, the bones just pull out of them you know it's 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 almost like you're just eating pieces of rib meat it's it's fabulous absolutely you know? so anything else any kind of other smoking discussion you want to talk about anything uh any tips or anything like that you got for anybody or no, just uh, make sure if you want to, if you're posting any uh, pictures of your barbecue, make sure you put uh, hashtag FF Barbecue Club. Um, I always forget that tag, but I'm going to have to write it down. I think it's FF, is it? Yeah. Grill FF Club? Barbecue Club. Or Barbecue FF Club? I don't know. I think it's we're FF have, Barbecue Club. We're going to have to retweet this and uh, add it in there. So uh, <laughs> we'll definitely do it. Um, Scott Fishfold divisions, uh, division assignments went out and, uh, mock drafts are in full force now that people are officially had their, uh, getting their spots. I'm in the guns and roses and I'm in pick 12. Uh, where did you land? 
I'm also at pick 12, and I am in the Shakira division. Shakira, Shakira. Oh, yes. Anyone around our age, um, if they didn't have a crush on Shakira when they were younger, they didn't have a pulse. I saw her in, uh, was that girl, J-Lo in the Super Bowl, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. There's two hot girls. And Shakira just made J-Lo look like a 50, like a 60-year-old lady. She buried her on her dance moves and her, you know, everything about her, her moves, her looks, her, everything about her was just like, and I thought J-Lo was a pretty talented, like, you know, as far as I'm, I'm not in the, I'm not a music person. I like, I, last time I listened to like music on the radio was like Guns N' Roses, Metallica, stuff like that. I'm, I'm, I'm I got in a Pearl Jam for a little bit, that kind of stuff. But really I, I'm kind of in the country a little bit cause my daughters are, but other than that, I'm just not a music person, but Man, it's I don't I see J Lo in all these videos and stuff, and Shakira just buried her as far as like you know the the performance wise goes. So yes, I. <laughs> Funny story is, um, I I was a golf pro in uh, my previous life before I do what I do now, um, and uh, I actually taught Shakira's nephew how to play golf, and uh, she was paying the bills, so I, I was more than happy to go in the Shakira division. Did you meet her or she just kind of in no, I, I met her sister. I met her sister and um she, she was too, very huh? nice. She nice. Was very nice. That's cool. That's I like meeting new uh, new people. I uh I I'm terrible at golf. I'm, I wish I I you know, I I'm, I hear these things all the time about everybody, you know, these like I I used to live uh, Mike Tegler used to live like a couple blocks away from me and we used to go golfing all the time and you know, do this. And he, he got pretty good. And I, you know, he smoked me, a couple other guys went around, you know, and, but uh, as much as everybody told me, like, he's like, keep your head down, do this. And every time you went golfing, somebody else told you a new trick. I'm like, you know, bite your shirts and keep your head down or, you know, put your f- foot forward or move the club sideways or turn a little bit. I had so many different ways. I think I was going to have to bite the bullet, go get a golf pro, for a couple lessons so I, so I could actually see what I'm doing wrong and then practice the right way to do stuff and then probably get a decent set of clubs because my clubs are hand-me-downs from like 20 years ago that my friends didn't use anymore. I don't, cause I do like one club classics all the time. That's all I really do. Fundraiser thing that somebody pays for and says, Hey, come on, drink beers and eat hamburgers all day long. Or, uh, or these one club classics that are fundraisers. Everybody brings one club. I usually bring a putter or something. Somebody brings a driver. Somebody else brings like one of the irons and you just go around and just, you know, there's a pig roast at the end. It's, no, nobody keeps score. You're just out there having fun. So if I want to get serious into golf, which I don't think is going to happen at 46 years old already, uh, I'm going to have to probably find a golf pro and a new set of golf clubs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that that will help. Technology is a very helpful thing. Yeah, my buddy just got out. Uh, Tim, just he went and got a set of clubs. He went. He's an avid golfer, and then he yep. won some money on a Super Bowl square, and so he went out and bought a set of clubs and had a, a couple lessons and did these and bought these clubs and we went to a golf outing and on hole 17 it was if you hole in one you hit a car and we were there he actually hit the hole in one on hole 17 and won a car it was the biggest pain in the butt experience for him though because they you know they they told me he had to buy the car they had to give him the car and then they had to buy it back from him and you know the tax him on it and all this other and book the license plates and everything else he ended up paying a couple grand out of you know out of whatever out of his pocket to actually get the car because of taxes and fees and all that stuff right. but i mean whatever he got the car, he sold it back to him, and it was, it was kind of a pain in the butt, but he made money on it, so it wasn't the end of the world. But I just can't believe that he was that good, and he just got this is his first time out with these brand new clubs, and uh, he <laughs> had all one with a good one a car after he won a Super Bowl square. So, you know, <laughs> he horse you up his butt. 
All right, so we got some NFL rumors going on now. We got uh, Nick Chubbs and he's starting extension talks with the Browns, which is very good for all my Nick Chubb shares because I love Nick Chubb. I think he's the best running back in the league, best pure running back anyway. Great offensive line, great complimentary back to keep him healthy. If he keeps, uh, you know, if you're going to go 40, 40, 20 with the rest of the guys on the team, uh, him and Hunt share most of the load, most of the load, and then uh, a couple other guys sprinkled in there. Uh, I'm okay with that. I don't need a guy who's going to get 80% of the carries. I want a guy that's good who's going to get 40% of the carries and who's going to do a great job when he gets the carries. So Chubb is one of my favorite backs because he's just a pure, I think he's a pure best running back in the league. So um, Joe Burrow expects to his knee to be fully healthy by training camp. Uh, do you hear anything about that or? I have. Um, I, I mean, I've heard, I've heard the same thing is everyone expects him to be fully healthy um, by training camp. Uh, I would, I don't think they're going to play him during training camp. Um, I would see, yeah, I mean, I could see him being the week one starter, though. I, I just, uh, you know, the, I've heard from other guys before in the past when this first happened that a lot of times it doesn't work. Where, uh, you know, when you tear the ACL, MCL, PCL, all the you know, cartilage, all that stuff in there, it's it's first of all, it's the healing thing, and second of all, it's a mental aspect of you know, I'm afraid to get hit. And he already said he's not going to run like he ran before. Which, how much, you know, a lot of these. A lot of fantasy quarterbacks, like Daniel Jones, is almost useless. I mean, he doesn't have his running running stats along to go alongside of his terrible passing stats. So, if if a guy like Joe Burrow, he does have a lot of weapons on his team, and he's he throws. He's, I'm not going to say he's inaccurate, but he throws 100 million passes, and not all of them are right on target. But um, I'm not really sure if he doesn't have his running ability or running, you know, in his in his deck of cards. Uh, if I want him on my fantasy teams. Uh, I, if if he was just to become a pocket quarterback, what do you think? Where do you think he'd be? Like, where would you? Where would you? Would you take him anywhere? It's like, you're, I mean, obviously you take him as quarterback too. Would, would you want him as your quarterback one? Mm, I mean, it's borderline. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's really he's really right between the 12, 14 range. Yeah, he's right around there. I, I don't mean that. I told you I was going to ask any hard questions, so I don't. <laughs> No, I, no, it's <laughs> that's not hard. I mean, I think I, I would say right between 12, 14. I mean, I, I'm not drafting him like in any startups right now. Um, I, I want to see what he, he's got before I make any kind of commitment. Um, I mean, now in Superflex, if he drops to me at, in the back of the second, yeah, I'm going to take a chance, but uh, I'm not, uh, he was going in the first round in a lot of. Um, startups. Wow, that's uh, that's a little way too expensive for me. So, uh, Cortland Sutton says supposedly one star camp on the pup list. Um, that's that's a good sign. Another guy I really don't I like him, but he lost, he missed the whole almost the whole last year, and you know coming back from a big injury, I was always told to kind of wait a year after guys come back from an injury. So I traded him right when he got hurt, you know, two years ago or last year, early. Yeah, so yeah. I don't want to. I'm, I'm staying away from him. If guys want to go after him, good for them, but that, that's not me. Yeah, I mean, John Bosch is big on him, so I was able to unload a few with, to him. Yeah. Uh, Javante Williams has knocked Melvin Gordon off the face of the earth by lighting up uh, OTAs, which I'm not really sure anybody can light up OTAs, but with the fact that Gordon wasn't there, it's, it's uh, it, that kind of helps out a little bit. I mean, what do you think about Javante Williams? Because I think – I mean, Ryan McDowell says that Melvin Gordon's probably going to get cut before the season starts. What Do you, do you think Javante Williams is going to be the, the lead I, back with I, how much behind him? I drafted him to be. Um, I've got – I've probably got about 
I've only got about six shares of him, but mm-hmm. um, I I just I mean Melvin Gordon's contract is cuttable. I mean yes. I, I agree with Ryan. I mean it's it's not that much to get rid of him, and you know I could see him making a move down to Atlanta or something to try to fill in there. Oof. It would be bad for the Atlanta running back situation, but yeah. it would be good for Melvin Gordon. But I heard Melvin Gordon just kind of doesn't – he look. I guess what I understand, I mean, it was rumor, you know, these are NFL rumors, that Gordon just kind of out of shape, didn't really – you know, he's not looking very good. Like, he doesn't really care. Uh, he does, He knows yeah. he's not going to be the lead back. Now he knows he's not going to get paid like a lead back. So he just kind of – he's just, he realizes that he's going to be a secondary back now, and he's going to take yeah. that, you know, that attitude, which, you know, then – a lot of people lose their jobs that way, and it sounds like he might—he's on the track to do that. So, um, Jacoby Myers could take over the wide receiver one spot in New England. There's not much behind him, so it's uh, <laughs> not too big news. But Myers did pretty good at the end of last year, so it was this was kind of expected. We were expecting him to take maybe a different wide receiver, but Jacoby Myers—it is, it is. It sounds like, yeah, it, um, it could be. Keelan Cole cut in line and jumped ahead of Denzel Mims on that Jets depth chart. These are NFL rumors. I, I think that maybe Mims, uh, you know, is learning the playbook a little bit, kind of a new system, new whatever. I don't think Keelan Cole is really going to take over Denzel Mims' Mims's job. So uh, this is just rumorville. But I like Mims. I have him almost every team I have. So he's a big dude. Um, Trevor Lawrence uh, has a hamstring issue, and um, he's he's uh, had to hold off on getting sized up for his gold jacket so far already in the NFL. So I, I mean, I know the guy is going to be. He's comparable to like Andrew Luck and other quarterbacks who just you know came out of the draft and already charted, already suspected to be the, you know, top five quarterback or top seven quarterback right out of the gate. So I, I like him as an NFL quarterback as far as a fantasy quarterback for a year or two. I'm not sure that's going to be the the play, but um, you know, it's we'll see what happens. What do you think about Trevor Lawrence and uh, his situation? Uh, I mean, I think he's in a great, he's in a good situation, obviously. Um, he's the golden boy right now. Um, his value is off the charts. Um, for me, I did not grab any shares of him. Um, uh, any team that I had the number one pick, I moved down. Um, I, I moved the number one pick for the 106, the 108 and 109 in the league Mm -hmm. and was able to grab Javante Williams. Uh, Jalen Waddle and Mac Jones. So I got those three basically for Trevor Lawrence. Um, and that was kind of the route I was going. Um, and uh, I'm just, it's a lot to invest on a quarterback coming into the NFL. I mean, we've all seen number one prospects bust, Jamarcus Russell. You've seen, um, you know, number two prospects like Ryan Leaf. Rick Meyer, um, I mean, there's a long – Tim Couch. Uh, you never know. Tim Couch was supposed to be don't miss, right? Yes. Um, so it's a lot to invest in quarterbacks in the draft, uh, and I would rather, you know, gra- grab someone like Matt Ryan for cheap and get by for a few years, you know? Yeah, get my 5,000 yards and my 28 touchdowns and call it a day, right? Right. You know, I mean, and then I can grab some young talent like running back and wide receiver. And yes, I did grab Mac Jones, but that was with the 109. So that's not as bad as grabbing somebody at the 101. 
Yeah. I mean, he's got DJ Chark, Colin Johnson. I like Colin Johnson. I think he's underrated. Jalen Camp is my favorite sleeper this year in the draft. Uh, Marvin Jones is a good quality veteran receiver. I'm not sure that these guys are, you know, he's a burnt. I mean, he's not going to light up the field anymore, but he's going to be, he's going to be able to help a quarterback out. LaVisca Chenault, Philip Dorsett, and he's got ATN and James Robinson in the backfield. I, I think, uh, you know, and we forgot about uh, Tim Tebow taking over the, you know, the, the easy, another gold jacket guy <laughs> coming in the league here. So he's got some weapons to start off with his career. I'm just, his coaching is more the question than the players on the team. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Cam Newton temporarily took his job back over Mac Jones after hurting his hand uh, and missing a few days of OTAs. But I think Mac Jones is starting this year as, as a starting quarterback. I know everybody's on the Cam Newton train and, you know, he said he's a, you know, uh, Super Bowl caliber quarterback, and I, he, he's just not. I think the Patriots are going to be in a situation where they, they they're not they're not in win now, but they don't like to lose, you know. But they, uh, okay. I don't think they they know the future is not Cam Newton, and they Mac Jones was a, I mean, ever the whole everybody in the NFL had to be like, don't let him fall, don't let him fall, but they couldn't take him, and they just watched Mac Jones slowly and slowly slip to the Patriots, and everybody's like, damn it. How did that happen? But there's nobody wanted to take the chance on him. And he fell right in the Patriots' lap. And now they're going to rub it in our face because they were able to sit back and do the Patriots thing and let their quality player fall right in their lap. And I think he's going to start out as the week one quarterback. In my, I think they're going to cut Cam and it'll be Mac Jones. I mean, that, yeah, that's, an, that's another cuttable contract. Yes. And uh, why would you just even – I mean, if Mac Jones is even comparable to Cam Newton right now, you know, they're a running team. They, they run the ball almost uh, you know, all the time. They have a great – that's what they're known for, a running team and a great defense. So you could throw a rookie out there and kind of sl- slowly develop him in the NFL with handing the ball, handing the ball off to some play action, you know, some dump-offs to your running backs. I think Mac Jones would fit in there perfect this year. So I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping that he's a day-one quarterback. But and I, it's very possible. So Yeah. And then, they uh, definitely they, – oh, sorry. They, they, set up the t- they set up the team to work both ways, right, by adding the tight ends. And Cam Newton loves tight ends. So if he were to be the week one starter, you know, he's got the double tight end set. And what is the, what is a rookie's favorite uh, security blanket? The tight end, right? Uh, So they set it up perfectly if they did not get a quarterback in the draft. Yeah. Tight end screen passes, stuff like that. Yes. And then he's got, uh, I, 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 it's Mac Jones. I, I, I'm pulling for him too. I like the kid. I'm not a big Alabama fan, but I'm a Notre Dame fan, and it kind of sucks watching Alabama game. But whatever, it is what I expected. That I'm glad Notre Dame made it, but it is what it is. Your buddy Ramadre Stevenson's lighting up OTAs with his pass catching ability. But, you know that's why I'm draft. I have a couple rookie drafts. I haven't had any rookie in my drafts. I have not had any of my rookie drafts yet. I got three of them coming up. Um, in the next two weeks, and then all of them are a little bit after that. So I'm uh, hoping to get Ramadre Stevenson. I don't have many picks. I got rid of all my first, second, and thirds in almost every league. So I got a couple fourths. I'm hoping he falls, but anybody who listens to this podcast, which I'm not sure how many people do, but <laughs> hopefully they don't listen to my Ramadre Stevenson love here. But I, uh, I know you talked about it before also. Yeah, absolutely. I'm all in on him. Uh, Hunter Henry's playing vacuum at Patriots camp while John was sitting out with a, with a hammy. Um, that's uh, those two guys are going to be dangerous on that team. Like you said, either way, whatever quarterback it is uh, to get to have Hunter Henry and Hunter and John on the same team is a great combination for a, any quarterback. As long as Hunter can stay on the field. 
I mean, that's always been his problem. Both of them, for that matter. Hmm. James Robinson will still lead the team in snaps despite Travis Etienne uh, breathing down his neck. That's going to be a... uh, a nice one-two punch, I think, for a while, for a year anyway. I think at the by the end of this year, Travis Etienne is going to just bury James Robinson as far as uh, talent-wise is concerned. That's all you brought me on here to say, right? You just want to give me hate on James Robinson. <laughs> I just, I, you know, what? I'm gonna Dra- clip that for I'm gonna clip that for the boss. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna be in trouble now. But uh, <laughs> I just, I see ATN just kind of uh, taking over that team. It's, it's, I, I, I love James Robinson. He, he, man, to have a kid that was undrafted show up and do that, you know, for a team for a whole year. And he, I mean, the kid didn't even, have, he didn't even have a break. He, he had every handoff, every reception, every everything last year, and he, he rocked it. But they used him and abused him while they had it because they had no other choice. And I think now they just got a better running back. And I don't, I don't mean to, you know, throw shade on the guy, but. You know, it is what it is, and it's 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 uh, next man up. And unfortunately, in the NFL, that's kind of that's kind of how it works. But yeah, I'm sure I'll be in trouble with somebody for that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jake Butt is the 3,476 tight end on the Bears roster now, so I'm not sure how much that's going to matter on their offensive system. He's probably just a camp hand, and Deshaun Watson is still uh, on mis- he's on massage heavy uh, alert here uh, until further notice. I don't know what, what, like we already talked about that before. So that's all the NFL rumors. So I got some commissioner questions for you. Um, when did you start playing fantasy football? Are you more of a redraft guy? Or are you strictly dynasty now or all uh, just kind of half and half? So my first ever fantasy pick, I can give you the first three rounds. It was Steve Young, Barry Sanders. Oh, no, it was Emmett Smith and uh, Jerry Rice. So I've been playing for a long time. Uh, yeah. My, I think I was probably 12. I was either 13 or 14, something like that. But my friend's father played. And uh, yeah. Um, so we just decided to do a little six team league, you know, with our friends, you know, just quarterbacks, running backs, receivers. And, you know, when we first did it, it was everyone draft a quarterback in the first round. Everyone draft a running back in the second round. Everyone draft a receiver in the third round. It was just kind of following suit. There was no, like, we didn't know what we were doing. Uh, and we just kind of f- had his father do our uh, pull up the uh, the paper, and we looked up the stats. Um, but that was a long time ago. Um, and I think uh, I'm I'm more of a dynasty guy now. I do play, like, three redrafts still. Um, I just got invited to a, um, a redraft, uh, this year, um, Kevin O'Brien runs, uh, it's called the Boston brawl. Um, I'm happy to uh, join that elite group, um, to, uh, do a live in person, uh, draft. Um, but I do have two, re- I have one redraft in town that I run and, uh, that we usually do that in person. I'll smoke a b- bunch of meats. We'll hang out on the patio. We'll do the draft. Um, and, uh, I have one from, um, college that I still play. Yeah. That's, uh, I, Steve Roto's, Steven Roto's, uh, Steven Johnson's in a couple of my leagues. Um, Kyle, yeah. uh, all these home leagues I got, I grabbed a bunch of guys that are Twitter guys from local, um, Kyle August, uh, Steven Johnson, uh, P win dynasty. I don't know if you ever see him, uh, Paul, yeah. he's a good dude. Um, I got, uh, Scott Sidlow from um, 
that uh, Trade Addicts podcast. And then uh, yep. this year I got another one, Nick Script from uh, P2W is going to be in there with uh, John Helmkamp, um, Joe, uh, my brother neighbor Joe Castleman, Stephen Johnson, like we talked about, Connor Allen, uh, great, um, awesome uh, fantasy and, and uh, money guy or uh, betting guy. Uh, Stephanie Smalls is coming out from New York to join us in our league because she's friends with a couple of guys, uh, John Helmkamp and and um, Nick Script. And then, uh, so yeah, we got a handful of dudes from around here and then one one traveler and I'm in all my leagues and a bunch of guys sprinkled in that are not from Facebook groups and stuff like that. Not really Twitter people, but um, I love it. I love, I do these uh, home drafts every year. This is my like six year in a row of like starting a brand new startup. So I get a draft board uh, from draft kits, throw it up on there. Everybody goes up. We make a whole day of it. I got it down to a science now where I can have a, one guy doing a computer and everybody coming up doing their draft picks and get it down to about four and a half hours for a 30 round startup for 12, 12 teams. So it's a, makes a good day. Usually about four and a half hours. Yeah. That's a, mm. that's a good long, that's a long draft. Yeah. It's, it's a long draft, but it's fun. A lot of beers, a lot of food, depending on what bar we're having it at. Um, so how many live, how many local, like how many, like a uh, live local drafts in person drafts are you in? Or, uh, I just uh, ordered my, my draft kicks board. My draft, my draft uh, kits board, and it just came like in the mail. I put it on Twitter the other day. It's got all the stickers, all that stuff. I, I lo- even our rookie drafts all have the same board from draft kits. It's uh, you're you're in two. I'm only in two uh, home live draft leagues. Um, I, I most even the other ones that I do um, with home uh, dynasty, it's not live. I mean, obviously we don't get together for the rookie draft or anything because um, we're so far apart. Mm-hmm. Do you I mean, like playing, or do you like playing, or commissioning in uh, in leagues? Are you like more of a commissioner I, guy? You like just I, playing? I prefer. I now prefer more to play, um, okay. rather than commission. I mean, I I've been commissioning leagues for a long time, and uh, I just do the the three redrafts and two dynasties for home leagues. Um, mm-hmm. But I do run a lot of like best balls, uh, especially on Twitter. Um, to try to raise money for different charities, um, whether it, I mean, cause I can do the best ball, I can put it together and you know, then I don't have yeah. to worry about it after. I mean, I can, I'll, I'll do a ton of those. Draft it or forget it. Yeah. That's uh yeah. that's kind of the new thing. Yeah. That's uh, yep. what's your favorite host site for fantasy football? I mean, uh, and do you do any other there's, sports besides football, like hockey, baseball or anything? There's more than one site for football. I thought there was <laughs> only MFL. Yeah. I, it's um, MFL. Go ahead. Uh, I everyone except for one is on MFL, and I've got one that is on uh, Sleeper. Yes, I grew up on ESPN. I tried real hard for two or three years to get a couple leagues on, over on uh, on MFL, but it just people didn't like it. It was too hard to do the waiver, you know, the, the tiered waiver bud things. For they didn't know how to set it. It was things were messing up. They didn't have a lot of patience. They're used to the ease of of a cell phone like ESPN, just going yeah. bam, bam, bam. And uh, they were mostly redraft oriented anyway. So we've sleeper was a nice transition from ESPN for all these dynasty guys. So, uh, or for, you know, for the redraft guys to move into dynasty. So it, that's kind of where we're at. And it's got all the, you know, there's taxi squads and, you know, IR spots and all that other stuff in there. We don't do like years of service or contract years, or we don't do auction stuff yet. So it works fine for us. So, yeah, um, I, I've, I've noticed a lot of people moving to sleeper. Yeah, and it's free too. That's yeah. the other thing. 
Are you in hockey or baseball or anything? Uh, the only other fantasy I do is golf. There's uh, a such thing golf. as fantasy golf? Oh, yes, there is. Um, we Basically, I just run the league by um, just getting the money each time. Uh, so what we do is you pick six players at the beginning of the week, um, and whatever money they make in the tournament, that's the amount that you have. And I basically just run it off an Excel spreadsheet. Um, and er so every week you got to put your picks in. If you don't put picks in, you get $0. Um, so they just email me and that's how we go about that. The only thing I ever seen anybody do for golf was up and down Western Avenue when the masters is on, everybody gets these big boards, like, you know, these big, like four foot boards that are strapped to their shoulders and they go down and everybody gets a golfer out of a hat and, Depending on how your golfer does, what you got to drink at the bar is it's a bar crawl up and down the whole thing. So you got to do either you can, it's a glass of water if he gets like a hole in one, which you know just to kind of save your ass. But the worse the golfer does, the more you got to do a shot, a beer, or two shots, or whatever you know. As far as how bad it, it's a, it, I've never done it because, and believe me, I could drink, but it's as out of my league as far as that goes. It's a, it's, it's a terrible day for for an eighteen hole. But it's, it's, I think it's the first eighteen holes or something like that, but. It's it's a it's a long too long of a day for me, especially doing two drinks at a time. If you're if you got a bad golfer, yeah. um, so let's see. Do you like bonuses and all kind of scoring and stuff like that, or do you like to just keep it simple? No, I, I mean I tried it for a while. I mean it was kind of like a thing for you know, like five years ago, and I mean it just kind of faded. It it kind of for me it kind of promoted the big play, the uh you know the lucky plays the you know, any because a fifty-yard touchdown pass is—it's not that common. It's—it's it's lucky. I mean, a fifty-yard touchdown run—it's lucky. Um, so for me, it, it can—it was too much luck involved with those versus somebody that's pounding, getting ten yards each time. You know? Yeah, I get it. No, I—I'm—that's to me, it's compared. I, I like all the bonuses. I like having like a kicker. You know, if a kicker gets a twenty-yard field goal. He should get three points. If he gets a forty-yard field goal, he should get like five, you know, four points or five points or four and a half or something. And if you get a sixty-yard field goal, you should be rewarded for more. It's the same thing as a, you know, running back when you, when you run. If you run the ball ten times, you should get like one point. If you run the ball twenty times, you get another point. You know, if you run a a thirty-yard run, you should get like a point five or a point three or a point two. You should get a little bit of bonus for if you have longer runs. If you run an eighty-yard touchdown, you should be rewarded for running an eighty-yard touchdown. I love scoring. I want my my scores to be two hundred seventy-five to two hundred sixty-two. You know, I, I want to see all the scoring everywhere. I don't play with kickers and defenses, so I want to see all the. And it's different. Like you know, I guess that's the same as I grew up. I started playing like nineteen ninety-seven-ish around there, and um, there was no internet, no computers, on my dad. Same thing. You fill out the paper. You know, you got to call the commissioner in the morning, or you know, turn your paper in, and you know, here's my lineup. There's no such thing as free agency. If your guy got hurt, you just watch him get a zero on Monday Night Football. You know, it was terrible as far as that goes. No changes allowed. And then as PPR started coming along, I loved it. I loved this, the PPR. I loved the extra points when bonuses for 100 yards started coming in and 100 yards rushing, 100 yards receiving. That's when quarterbacks were the most because they threw the most yards. You get a 300-yard bonus, and you got six – you know, those those days it was six-point touchdowns. Now it's like four is popular. I do five and two for interceptions. And – um. But I, I like the the long touchdowns, the long, you know, that, that way, if you do get a, a guy, you know, like a, you know, a Henry Ruggs or something like that, some, let's just say somebody who, you know, a, a Deshaun Jackson, somebody who's going to all of a sudden, you know, burn it down a field for an 80-yard touchdown, or maybe like that's all he's going to have is three catches, but two more 80-yard touchdowns, 
you know, that guy's going to score you a bunch of points because you got bonuses for a long touchdown. It just kind of keeps everything even a little bit. I, you know, not, I guess that some people just want to like, Hey, if I get, if I got Antonio Brown, he's going to catch 15 passes for 162 yards and three touchdowns. That's what I want. That's why I drafted him for. You shouldn't get lucky and, you know, get this guy who got one long pass and caught up the same thing. And like you said, it is luck, but I like luck. It's no, there's no skill involved in this stuff. It's You're all, you know, it's all fan. you have to like luck. <laughs> exactly. There you go. <laughs> so I like the scoring. I just, I, I like, uh, I like to see, I like to, you know, uh, this stuff to change. You can get like, you can be down like a hundred to like or 215 to 104. And then you could look 10 minutes later and five guys went off and all of a sudden you're up 15, 215 to 204 because four or five guys scored touchdowns when you're watching red zone. You go to the bathroom for two minutes and you come back and you got 75 points already. <laughs> you know, it's great. What's uh what's the best year to implement a taxi squad? If you, uh, you know, when you do a startup, do you do it right away or do you even have taxi squads? Um, I usually do them right away when, if I'm setting up a dynasty, uh, I mean, because otherwise you're because you're doing the, the regular draft and the rookie draft separate when you when you're doing a startup for me anyways. Um, mm-hmm. And otherwise, they're just going to end up cutting their third and fourth round pick because they're, they're not going to be seeing the field that much. Um, so that's why I let the taxi squad go right away, um, whether it's just the two people on there. You know, once they come off the taxi squad, that's it. They can't go back. But, you know, they can leave those two players there at least you know, see how the season goes. So they don't have to lose that equity that they use them uh, on them. Yeah. I like to start off year one with 25 rounds and then year two import a five man rookie class. So everybody has 30 man rosters and then year three implement a five man taxi squad and then just leave it at that from that point on. And the taxi squad's only on for a year and then uh, go from there. But uh, that way, if somebody nails their first round, their first year draft, with an awesome draft and an awesome taxi squad, you know, they're set up for the next 10 years. It's almost like shit. Okay. Here, I, I might as well just throw my money away in this dynasty league, unless I'm making these awesome trades or doing whatever. I like to kind of put it in phases. So anybody, it could be anybody's game after a couple you know, a year or two or how they traded for draft picks or if they just kind of threw in the towel and started from scratch. So it makes it a little bit more uh, interesting when you gotta, you gotta do it in phases or steps, I guess. So, um, what do you do every to prepare yourself every season to make you a better and more informed fantasy football player? Uh, so I, I end up, um, I try not to follow the wrong people on Twitter and read read all the uh, read all that stuff. Um, fall in love with all the Twitter darlings. Um, I do like to listen to the um, analysts that I respect. Um, someone like. Um, uh, Peter Howard, I like to listen to him. Um, I mean, he because so, he's so analytic based. That's what I want to see. Like during the off season, is mm-hmm. I want I, I want to see the base numbers. I want to know you know how this guy stats out. Um, because the eye test in college versus the eye test in pros is two totally different things. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at Johnny Manziel. He, he looked great in college, but as soon as he got to the pros, he was like, he looked like a midget out there and he just was running around like a chicken with his head cut off. Yeah. Uh, but, and you know, his, these analytics are, are a way to go forward. Um, there is something with watching the film. So I think the medium between the two, like someone like Zach Reed, I like to listen to what he has to say about his film or, um, 
or Jake uh, Anderson. Yeah. And, you know, kind of meet in the middle between the analytics and uh, um, the uh, film grinders. It is nice to see Peter Howard's 1800 million spreadsheets and kind of like go in there and be like, oh, how does he? I always wonder, like, when did he press A1 and just start typing and like get all those 100 million sheets of spreadsheets from every college and everything? I'm, I'm, I, I never, I, I'm, I'm in construction, so I don't do computers very often. So the spreadsheets and the Google, Google. Uh, Word or Google Word and Google Sheets. I only got into that because of fans football, and they've taught me a lot, and I've I've come a long way as far as using them. And um, it's it's just amazing how somebody who's so good with those sheets can just fly through them. Um, Coach Bruce is a guy I'm kind of working with right now on a couple of things, and he is the one of those guys, a spreadsheet master. He's flying through, importing all this stuff, uh, you know, all kind of rankings, all kind of. It's super awesome working with guys like that, and it's, it's amazing how when you're good at like those sheets, uh, you know how far you can go and how quick you can do things. What takes me a day and a half to do something these guys can do in five minutes? And I'm like, shit, I feel like I'm wasting my time. But at the same time, you know, I, the more and more I do it, the better I'll get. I learn new shortcuts every time I do something, you know, colors and, you know, sizes and, you know, adding things up and putting monetary values on stuff or whatever. It's So it's it's helped me out, but I'll never be as good as those guys are because it's, you know, they, they, they've known shortcuts. They've forgotten 20 more shortcuts than I've even learned yet, you know, so. Exactly. Well, it is what it is, but. Um, who are your the biggest buys and uh, players ranked lower than 150 in your rankings? Guys, we can uh, we used to call sleepers before. Um, for your dynasty teams now, what who's your biggest sleepers after like 150 in your ranks? Um, someone like Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard is uh, I mean, when he's on the field, he seems to produce. Um, mm-hmm. I know that they drafted uh, um. A kid, um, I, I don't recall off the top of my head. Um, but uh, if Aaron Rodgers is still there, he likes him. He throws to him. Um, another one that I had was um, they drafted Amari Rodgers. Just, just it was it was Amari Rodgers. Yeah. Um, the other one I have. Oh, yeah, I got two more. Uh, Russell Gage with the open targets from Julio leaving. Yeah. Uh, I like him a lot. It seems to be a popular one now, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, Blake Jarwin is actually really low. Yeah. That's uh, someone I kind of been looking to trade for a little bit. That's uh, – I, I could see I, – I understand why Jarwin is such a draw for people. You know, that's not going to be Dalton Schultz or Jeremy Sprinkle or, you know, the other guys in the team uh, – Blake Jarwin is definitely a some and he got hurt. And people forgot about him, so it's a, definitely a a good pickup too. That's that's a good those are good good calls there. But um, all right. So we do a two a team evaluation every year uh, or every week. Um, uh, somebody sends in a team, a listener sends in, and this we decide if it's a simple remodel or if it's a full scale rebuild. Uh, that we try to stay away from a full scale rebuild, but sometimes it is what it is. This week we have a team that was an orphan and it was uh, taking my one of my friends. So we'll we'll go over this team and uh, let me share it here on the screen. Yep. Share screen. And so here we go. This is a Superflex Dynasty, 12 teams. It's a PPR tight end premium uh, 
0.5. It's a PPR 0.5. The roster is 30 man deep plus uh, it's unlimited IR spots because of taxi, but no, I mean, because of COVID, but it's probably going to stay that way. No taxi squads yet. The players are put directly on the rosters uh, after the rookie draft this year. 11 starters, one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, tight end, two flex, a super flex. And then we have a bonus for uh, you know, quarterback scoring for three and 400 yards. And then six points for every 100 yards with it rushing, receiving, no kicker, defense. Uh, so this is uh, kind of the roster we had to work with now. Um, I like to go th- kind of comb through the players and, and see uh, what he's got. I put it on a little spreadsheet here like I'm talking. This is like the practice doing. Uh, <laughs> so I color it up a little how bit. Many, how many teams is it? 12 teams. Okay. That's what I was wondering. Uh, um, so it's he's got a 2021 third, fourth, and fifth, and a 2022 fifth. So he's his – and there's only two years this year and next year's worth of draft picks. You, there's no – you can't get rid – you can't trade any 2023s yet. So – he doesn't have much to work with as far as uh, draft picks here, so he's going to have to make trades with some players. That's kind of what we're looking at here. He's got Kirk Cousins as a starter, which is a quality starter. Jimmy Garoppolo, Teddy Bridgewater, Case Keenum, and Josh Rosen at quarterback. His running backs are Josh Jacob, Kareem Hunt, Melvin Gordon, Latavius Murray, Todd Gurley, Jalen Richard, Brian Hill. It just keeps getting worse. Um, wide receivers, Adam Thielen, LaVisca Chenault, Robbie Anderson, Michael Gallup, Preston Williams. Marvin Jones, Antonio Brown, Alan Lazard, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Antonio Goldie-Gandon, Antonio Gandy-Golden, Marquez Valdez-Scanley. He's got all the, all the people with the long names in this league on the same team. Golden Tate, Justin Watson, Julian Edelman, and then he's got the Walrus, Darren Waller, John o. Smith, Zach Ertz, O.J. Howard, Will Disley, Albert O., and Devin Sassi from the Patriots, and Darren Fells. So I sent you this team a couple days ago, kind of uh, seeing like what you would think as far as what this guy needs. I put a couple notes on here, but most of they're just generic notes. Uh, we'll talk about like what do you think first of all? What's his strong point? What should he do to try and what do you think his 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 path to success is in the future for this team? Trade everything away. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I, I looked at I, when you sent when you sent it to me. Um, you said uh, you know. Every week we uh, we do a team, whether it be a contender or uh, or if it should be a rebuild. In my opinion, if you're asking somebody, it's a rebuild because everyone always keep everyone holds their own team in more esteem. But if you're not sure, then it's probably a rebuild. Um, I was, I mean, I'm, yeah, if, I just if you're was not looking top, at it. Yeah, if you're not a <laughs> top ahead. four. If you're not like yeah. if you don't think you're in the top four, top three, four, maybe five of you know if it's kind of clumped together under in the front, it's it's definitely hey we gotta start from scratch or make some or what can I do to get myself in here right now? But he I don't I, like we talked about here. Kirk Cousins is a great quality quarterback, but he's not gonna blow the doors off anything. He's very accurate. He, he he's a great fantasy. He's what you want in a fantasy quarterback. Just a consistent twenty to twenty five points every week. Not too many interceptions. You know, just get your points, keeping it moving. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, he might start for a couple games this year. Who knows? Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, it's they don't know what they're going to do right there in Denver with him or Drew Lock. Drew Lock right. yet. Keenum and Rosen are pretty much, you know, whatever, just backups. So what do you think about the quarterback situation? I mean, it's a one-quarterback league. And, I mean, even if you try to trade Cousins, you're not really going to get much for him. This is um, a super flex. 
Oh, it is? I didn't see yes. that. Yes. Oh, so it just, okay, Teddy Bridgewater. Okay. Uh, all right. So in that case, um, yeah, I mean, you could trade Cousins, move him for uh, maybe a late first if you if you wanted to. Um, I mean, he's, he's maybe, uh, you're not going to get, I mean, you don't know if it's going to be an early second yet, but whoever you trade him to might have a late first afterwards. Um, I'm I, I'm just struggling with everyone on the team with the with the age. You got Melvin Gordon. You got I mean, yeah, this running back. Uh, so you kind of stuck with you're kind of stuck with Cousins. I, I don't think you're going to move him for much. No. No, and um, I'm not sure anybody wants to buy Jimmy G or Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater is kind of right right now because he's got a chance to start. And Jimmy G, even if he does start, his days are numbered. So I'm right. not sure, you know, somebody who's in desperation mode, which this guy kind of is in desperation mode, so he really can't trade Jimmy G away except for he'd have to move Jimmy G and Teddy Bridgewater together for, like, hopefully something in the middle, you know, the middle second or, you know, something like that. And I'm not even sure if he'll get that. And then who would you get a quarterback with middle second anyway that you need to trade, you trade these guys away? Because, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo and Teddy Bridgewater are backups, but – they they have a, somebody can get hurt and they can get traded during the season. They're 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 that they're that kind of like filling quarterback kind of caliber guys. Right, and in that case, you try to get Kellen Mond. Yeah, right. Exactly. These running backs, though, I do not like Josh Josh Jacobs. And that addition of the you know Drake there is just even worse for a situation. Kareem Hunt's the same thing. Just you know he's a good PPR back, but. If they're going to be ahead in games, especially if they got OJ Odell Beckham comes back healthy, and you know, and their, their quarterback play improves, they're going to be running the ball a lot more. The great offensive line. And I'm not sure Kareem Hunt's going to be the you know powerhouse PPR back that everybody wants him to be. Um, Gordon, we already talked about him possibly getting caught, maybe going to somewhere like Atlanta that really is desperate for a running back. Latavius Murray, he's just a redraft guy at this point in time. Todd Gurley might be done. Jalen Bouchard's a fill-in guy. Brian Hill has been – he's kind of getting tossed around like a hot potato right now. Yeah. So I don't know what he's going to do as far as running backs are concerned. Um, You're not going to get anything for any of them. Except, I mean, you'll get something for Josh Jacobs. Um, but that's and probably Hunt. It. And probably Hunt. Yeah. Oh, Hunt, yes. Four. I forgot about Hunt. Yeah. So the two of them, I mean, if you if you go in the rebuild mode, neither one of them are going to be around when it's time that you would be a contender. So yeah. I would, uh, I mean, I would move on from them. Yeah. And then he's got a bunch of, uh, um, you know, Adam Thielen, LaVisca Chenault, Robbie Anderson, Michael, Ga- Michael Gallup. There's guys I, I wanted to, you know, I trade away Adam Thielen for whatever I can get for him right now. I, I'm not, I'm not a big Adam Thielen guy anyway. I mean, I know he's a producer, but it just seems like he's starting to get beat up. Um, LaVisca Chenault, somebody I definitely keep. Robbie Anderson, I, I think people undervalue him, so I just keep him on my team just because of the fact I know he's a producer. You know, on the Panthers, I think he's going to get a lot of work. He's familiar with Sam Darnold, so um, he should be fine there. Michael Gallup, I love Michael Gallup. I think in a year or so when, when somebody's gone or, you know, he might fill in as a number you know number three receiver in that offense in, uh, in a year. Preston Williams, I think, you know, he was a flash in the pans for a little bit, but I think he's gone. Marvin Jones, you know, he's a veteran presence, but – He's not uh, a, a dynasty guy. Antonio Brown's weird because I think he's a uh, – he's one uh, – that whole offense is just you never know who's going to be the guy that week. Tom Brady's been – he's notorious for not, like, having a number one receiver um, more than a week at a time. So, But I think Antonio Brown could be a definitely producer on a weekly basis. So, And, and I'm not sure everybody wants him anyway, so he's a, a keeper. 
Yeah. Alan Lazard, I'd try to trade him because he's got some kind of like hope value. I mean, he's one of your sleepers. I would get rid of him as soon as I possibly could. I love Donovan, Donovan Peoples-Jones. He's one of my favorite guys to draft later in drafts, but I'm not sure uh, anybody's going to want to. He's more of a keeper for me. Same with Antonio Gandy-Golden. Um, I like him. I think he's – nobody else wants him besides me, so I wouldn't be able to trade him, so I might as well just keep him. MVS, uh, he's more of a best ball guy, so – you know, I've, I'm not sure anybody wants him either. Golden Tate, on he's a free agent. I don't know what's going to happen to him. Justin Watson's definitely a keeper for me. I think uh, if, you know, Chris Godwin leaves next year, he might be able to fill one of the positions, uh, maybe not as a slot receiver or maybe, but as a field stretcher, kind of a, uh, a possession guy also. He's, a you know, across the board, I think he's a, a quality player. And Julian Edelman, he's I think he's done for. So he's just a cuttable guy, cuttable asset. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think about these receivers? Did I kind of nail it or – yeah, no, you did a great job on that. Um, uh, Justin Watson definitely has a chance. Um, I mean, and who knows, Brady? You know, he's got like what six more years, so he yeah. likes the kid. Um, he throws to him quite a bit. So yeah, I think you nailed it. I got lucky. I traded Tom Brady. I got I traded away uh, Drew Brees to get Tom Brady like in the beginning of last year, and um, I, I'm like, yes. So Tom Brady is 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 great. He had a great year, and now I'm gonna have him this year. And I and I'm thinking he might play next year too, like this year coming up and next year too, before he finally hangs up the cleats. So if I can get two more years out of it for just Drew Brees, I'm I'm super happy with that trade. So, and then uh, what do you do with Darren Waller because he's getting a little bit older, but he's still fantastic. I mean, he's is he a hold for you right now, or someone with a team like this who needs I, quarterbacks? I would, I would cash in in it because. Yeah. He's tight end premium. He's 28. Um, by the by the time it's a contender, um, you know, you can get you can get a lot of value for him. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it, I, I, I think, I'm not I'm not against getting rid of him. Yeah, I think I'd get rid of I think I'd get rid of John Lee Smith too because he's in like a two tight end set over there and I, he's going to get lost on that offense. So I'm yeah. uh. I, I think he's overrated. I would do whatever I can. Somebody who still has John o. Smith eyes, I, I try to trade him too. Because, I mean, Zach Ertz can, can land somewhere pretty decent this year and be okay. I love OJ Howard's upside. I, I know that Gronk's still there, but I think Gronk's was just there for the celebratory Super Bowl run last year. And uh, he's mm-hmm. more of a, yeah, he came back. He's going to make some money this year. But I think it's OJ Howard's team in the future. So, you know, and they're, they're going to give him one more big chance anyway to uh, stay in it, to prove himself again. And then um, Will Disley, you know, he's just a guy. Albert O, I love Albert O's future in this uh, on the Broncos. I, I like Noah Fan too, but I think they drafted Albert O um, to you know to do the things that that, that Noah Fan couldn't. I love Fan, but like I said, I, I I I'm everywhere I have Fan, I have Albert O right behind him because I think that's the future in that team. Devin Asiasi, no thank you. Uh, they already proved what, how much they like him by bringing two tight ends in this year, and uh, Darren Fells, no thank you. So he's just I guess he's a keeper just because. You know, whatever. I I got trade down here for uh, uh, Asi Asi, but I don't think uh, I can even trade him anywhere. He's just a holder of cut, and Fell's the same thing, probably a holder of cut. But uh, how about you? What are you thinking? Um, no, I I agree with you 100. Um, the hold on to those guys, um, and because you're not going to get anything for anyone else. I mean, the Albert O, um, he's got a very good possibility. So definitely. This is a weird year because I don't think anybody really has the, uh, you know, nobody really has the, um, let me stop sharing here. Nobody really has all of the, all of the, 
everything you need to, you know, do real good, uh, you know, how do you call it? Scouting on a lot of these rookies coming in. I think there's going to be a lot of surprises coming up this year in the draft as far as guys who are, you know, forgotten about or, you know, uh, nobody really knows what's going on. Like, everybody knows about the Jalen Waddles and, you know, the Elijah Moores and, you know, the, you know, Trey Sermon, I think is a little bit overrated. Michael Carter is going to fall a little bit towards the middle of the second round or, you know, early third round. Amari Rogers is going to be picked up. Who knows? Like Nico Collins, Amari, Amon St. Brown. I'd get rid of a lot of guys in this guy's team and just try to trade it first, you know, late second, early third, mid third, or, you know, late third, you know, go for, you know, try and get the Chuba Hubbards and try and get their Madre Stevensons and try and get the Kenneth Gainwells and the, you know, you could, Chris Evans, guys like that who could, you know, Semi Fajeco, you know, guys like that who are, uh, you, you could um, start building a team around with young players. And if one of them, if one of them breaks, then it's great. You know, Jalen Darden, Elijah Mitchell, you know, Larry Roundtree, those are guys that I want on my team or, you know, just for right now. And especially if this team is this bad, you're going to have a lot of empty spots if you can get rid of two of them for, for a late pick. You know, you, you end up getting picks, opening up roster spots, and maybe hitting some free agencies, you know, guys, after uh, everybody else imports their players from the rookie draft. So, uh, sometimes I tend to talk too much about the teams that people send me because I, <laughs> I did a lot of scouting and stuff, so I don't mean to cut you off or, you know, but I, I value your input. No. I just, uh, any other thing that you want to say about that team that you, besides just trade everybody? No, you, got, you nailed it. You did a great job. I was, I was enjoying listening to you. I felt like I was watching a podcast. <laughs> oh man, I should just shut up and let everybody talk. I don't know. <laughs> no, you did a great job. Uh, we do this every week. Um, this is kind of, I mean, this is what it is. It's, it's the uh, commissioner evaluation podcast. So this is, uh, you know, we try to give somebody the best possible situation they could to, uh, you know, to what how they want to improve this team and what way to do it. But yeah, it's pretty much. I, I appreciate the listener sending this team in, but yeah, it's pretty much trade everybody away. He's not win now. He's not even close to win now. A lot of tradable assets out there. This is kind of a start from scratch, and he's got a lot of. He could get a lot of draft picks, and it's not all just you know. You don't have to always trade for twenty twenty two, you know, twenty twenty one picks right now. Go for twenty twenty two picks. You know, wait till right after the draft and the twenty twenty three opens. Trade for some twenty twenty threes too. If you can get a bunch of like. If somebody's going to give you a 2023 first for, you know, because they want to earn win now for somebody who's, you know, an average player on this team, take it. You know, if, even if you get two seconds for somebody, you, you'd be surprised how fast 2023 is going to be here when you're when you're stacked with picks and your, your team's already on the rise. So don't be afraid to trade for, you know, two years away from now picks or, you know, even if, if you possibly get three years away from now picks. Because, you know, especially if you're in a home league or, you know, the league's going to be there for a while. Get rid of some of these guys and, you know, don't just go for, I'm trying to get picks right now, picks right now. Spread them out. You know, that's... So, uh, sorry, John. Sorry to cut you off. I, I have to run. Um, yeah. My my daughter has type 1 diabetes and she's having okay. a low right now. So okay. So I have to go help her. So um, thank you very much for having me. Thanks for coming on. All right. I'll talk to you later. Thank you. All right. And that was... I just want to say, uh, I just uh, I did. A, I have a quick brag here that I've finally done the impossible and somehow convinced Viridian Global uh, to put my symbol on some of the hats and T-shirts that they uh, they have on their site. They're for sale on their site, ViridianGlobal.com, and they're going to go under the Go District tag. You could find uh, my stuff along with Scott Fishbowl gear. I just ordered some of my stuff: uh, P2W Play to Win hat, uh, represent my neighbor Nick Scrip, and all kinds of great gear 
is on that website. So um, just you could you know you could find Bob all over the internet. He's uh, he's, he's on my podcast because um, he's he's a great guy. He's great to interact with. He interacts with me. He shares my stuff. He you know he, every time I put something on there, he's got some comments about yes and no and maybe. But uh, you know, thanks for coming on, Bob. I appreciate it, and uh, thanks for everyone for tuning in and listening to the Goat District podcast. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm.